is Trevor Moore underrated? What exactly can Andreas Asmussiu accomplish, and how fast is he? Plus, we're going to take a look at the Ontario Reign all on today's episode of Locked on Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. When you're listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and today's show is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them the Locked On sent you. This is Locked On Los Angeles Kings, and we are talking today about your favorite hockey team and mine, the Los Angeles Kings, and also the Ontario Reign. Uh, on today's show, we're going to be looking at that just really, really fun, messy win over the Boston Bruins. Uh, just a real feel-good, gutsy win. So we're going to talk about that. Before we get into any of that, though, thank you so much for making today's show your first listen of the day every day uh, as you tune in on your favorite podcast network or your favorite app of choice or your YouTubes or wherever you feel like listening to content. So the Kings almost blew it. They definitely almost blew it uh, against the Buff not the Buffalo Sabres, against the Boston Bruins. Uh, the game started out, you know, first off, the fact that they didn't immediately go behind like four to nothing was a vast improvement over the past time uh, that we, we saw these two teams play. Uh, first period, things ended one to one. Trent Frederick, who looks like he's about 12 years old, scored for the Bruins. Blake Lazat uh, scored a little bit over a minute later on one of those like real gutsy drive to the net uh, kind of plays that he is certainly becoming uh, known for, uh, you know, little guy plays big, whatever, uh, and certainly not afraid to get in there. So end of the first period, tied game, you're like, all right, all right, all right, this is pretty cool, this is pretty cool, this is good, we're good, everything's fine. Uh, and then as the second period goes on, you're watching it, and you're like, you know, if I were the Los Angeles Kings, I would simply score a goal here at some point. It was a pretty low event period in terms of shots. Uh, Boston with eight, Kings with six. And as the period kept going on and you kept seeing the team sort of play things out to a stalemate, you're like, well, you know, crap. Because it, it, wasn't, it, it didn't quite feel like next goal wins, obviously. Like there's still a whole other period uh, after that. But you sort of have the feeling of it'd be great if the Kings could get on the board again. It'd be real great. Uh, and of course, of course, the Kings heard our complaints and uh, allowed a goal in the final minute to Craig Smith. So Boston leaves the second period up two to one. Uh, third period, again, the same tight, controlled game. Uh, you're not seeing a lot of chances on either side. Uh, Linus Olmark, the goalie for uh, for for Boston, came up with some big saves. Cal Peterson, playing in back-to-back games for the Kings, made some really big saves, too. Uh, Boston certainly dominated the third period in terms of shots, 11-9 to nine, uh, in favor of the Bruins. But it is Thousand Oaks native Trevor Moore who comes in and saves the day uh, with a goal in the final minute of regulation. He scores at 19 34 uh, great work from Sean Dursey and Arthur Kaliev to help set him up to get him on the board. That's his 10th goal of the year uh, as he tied the game. And as the NHL rightly pointed out, 
uh, given that Trevor Moore is the only Thousand Oaks native uh, to have played in the NHL, uh, that also means that he has the honor of scoring the latest goal in the NHL by a Thousand Oaks native. Uh, his 10 goals uh, in 58 games is tied with his career high. Last season in 56 games, he had 10 goals as well. Uh, so he's obviously on par to, to beat that. Last year, 56 games, 23 points for Trevor Moore. This year, 58 games, 33 points. So he has definitely been making his mark. He has been, you know, if you look at fancy stats for Trevor Moore, uh, the fancy stats say that he should actually be scoring way more than he is. And I think that's pretty exciting because he has something like, I don't know, 24 points in 22 games or something since the, the calendar turned over to 2022. He has been performing great. He is really clicking on that line with Phil Deneau. Uh, also, Victor Arvidsson, who is currently out, and that's kind of a bummer. Uh, but we are seeing Trevor Moore really kind of blossom and become a player who, again, like, I need to apologize to because I certainly spent part of the beginning of the season being like, man, we signed this guy, and now what? Like, he's not doing anything. Uh, but he is certainly providing a lot of magic for the Kings. Uh, just go back and watch that, like, goal celebration from him. Like, he's super pumped up. Uh, just really exciting stuff. Uh, and so Trevor Moore ties the game, sends it to overtime, guarantees at least a point for the Kings. Uh, we get almost to overtime. We get right to the buzzer. And Adrian Kempe and Derek Forbert decide to fight, literally, at the 20-minute mark. And so, like, you know, you wonder a little bit how calculated this was on on uh, the part of the Bruins and Derek Forbert. Like, I'm not a conspiracy theory person, but the Kings not being able to use Adrian Kempe for most, if not all, depending on whistles, of overtime is certainly more significant to them than it is for the Bruins to lose Derek Forbert for the overtime. Uh, so obviously wish that Kempe wouldn't have gotten into that situation. Uh, he clearly wasn't seeking out that fight against Forbert. I think he just sort of had to you know, was responding to it. It was actually a double minor for roughing for those guys. Uh, it wasn't actually a technically a, a, a fighting call. But Adrian Kempe obviously couldn't play in overtime. Uh, you're, you're watching this being like, all right, well, you know what? At least we got, like, we're, we're at least getting a point. We didn't get completely embarrassed like we did last time we saw uh, the Bruins. And so, you know what? Everything's fine. Overtime. Andreas Athanasiu, uh, a little under two minutes in, uh, gets the puck, does the great thing that we see all speedy players do, which is put the puck out ahead of him because he knows that he can catch up to it before anyone else is going to catch up to it. Trevor Moore puts the puck out in front of him. Uh, none of the Bruins can catch up. I think Charlie McAvoy is like sort of there, but just doesn't have the legs to get to to get to Athanasiu. Uh, and he scores game over. Uh, first person who goes and celebrates with Athanasiu, Adrian Kempe freed from the penalty box. That's Athanasiu's eighth goal uh, in 21 games this season. Uh, obviously, two goals in his previous game against Buffalo, so he's on a little bit of a scoring streak here. Uh, and absolutely going to beat last year's total. Uh, last year, he had 10 goals in 47 games, so he is definitely on track uh, to perform much better this season as well, uh, and hopefully he can stay healthy. That's been the biggest problem with Andreas Athanasiu this year as he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But when he is healthy, uh, he's a big contributor. Uh, he, I believe, actually has been sort of getting the jump up to that line with 
Deneau and with Trevor Moore. Uh, and I had played with them previously in the season as well. But just a great performance from him. Great awareness from Athanasiu to get that puck uh, and to know that he was going to beat anyone else into that zone with the puck. So Kings get two huge points out of uh, Boston uh, in a game that I, I don't really think most people thought they were going to win, given how terribly they performed against Boston you know, just a week ago. Uh, so if we take a look at the standings right now, the Kings uh, helping further their, their hold on the number two spot in the Pacific Division, which again sounds insane. Right now, uh, Calgary 75 points is first, Kings with 71 points second, Vegas 68 points with uh, in the third place. Uh, we've got Edmonton in fourth with 64, Anaheim with 63, uh, kind of goes down from there. Anaheim has been fading lately. They've won four of their last 10. Edmonton also has won four of their last 10. They've looked a little bit uh, stronger, but uh, you know, it's going to be an uphill battle for them as well. Uh, so if we look at things in terms of wildcard positioning, uh, if the Kings were to drop down or face challenges from Vegas and uh, Edmonton, if we look at the wild card right now, they both belong to Central Division teams, Dallas with 67, and they have had a monster streak lately, four wins in a row, won seven of their last 10. So they're holding down the first wild card spot. Uh, Nashville has the second wild card spot with 66 points. So, you know, right now it's looking like those wild card spots are holding steady in the Central Division. So the Kings, for, for them, their best uh, best hope not best hope, but their best plan of action is to really try to stay in that top three in the Pacific. I don't think you want to be fighting uh, with Dallas and Nashville to to be getting those wild card spots. And honestly, as the wild card seed, do you really want to be playing at this point Calgary or Colorado? I do not want to play Colorado in the first round. Yes, they've been very messy in the playoffs. Uh, they have not had great success. But look, this season, Colorado Avalanche, 87 points in 57 games, 41 wins. Their points percentage, 0.763. As someone pointed out on Twitter, you know, how crazy is it to go up against a team and know that you only have like a 25% shot at winning, essentially? Uh, it, it's it's rough out there. So Kings really looking to hold down uh, that number two seed. So Kings win. Things are exciting. We're going to talk about the Ontario Reign and some of that stuff coming up next on the show. Uh, but first, I want to tell you all about Bet Online because football is, of course, over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. And so you can go to betonline.net and get all the latest odds, to totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it isn't just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. You can find it on BetOnline. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. So you're listening to Locked on Los Angeles Kings. Thank you so much for tuning in today and making this show your first listen of the day. Uh, for your next listen, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Now podcast. You can get nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all of our local experts so you can hear from hosts across the Locked On NHL network all about what's going on with their teams in a quick, bite-sized little format. So the show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So as the Kings last night were wrapping things up, 
on the road in Boston. The Ontario Reign were taking the ice at home in Ontario, uh, taking on the Bakersfield Condors. I feel like the Reign saw, you know, what their bigger brothers had did in the game against Boston and were like, you know what, let's play this game on hard mode too. Because very quickly in this game, in the first period, uh, the, the, the Reign found themselves down two to nothing uh, to the Condors, who are not a very good team, I don't think. And not only were they down two to nothing, but they were down two to nothing on just really dumb, dumb plays. Uh, the first goal, Dylan Holloway scores on the power play. Uh, so, you know, maybe don't do that. Uh, second goal, Tim Schaller scores. Uh, basically, sure, he scored, but the assist should go uh, exactly to Braden Burke on the rain, who turned the puck over literally like in front of Matt Villalta. So, you know, what what is Villalta supposed to do? What He did his best, but when a guy turns a puck over literally in front of his own goaltender, that's not good. Uh, so the rain just had a slow start. They, they looked very flat. They didn't look particularly engaged. Uh, players who you usually, uh, you know, can expect a lot from weren't really doing that well. The ice uh, wasn't great either. I always hate blaming anything on the ice, but if you watch that game, uh, there's a lot of spots on the ice where, you know, players are kind of falling during intermissions and breaks. There's a lot of, you know, the officials going and squirting water and trying to pat stuff down. Uh, you, you can watch pucks bounce and wobble in ways the pucks don't normally bounce and wobble. And just a lot of passes going awry. There was a lot of, you know, kind of poor puck management from the rain in this one. A lot of guys who you know are a lot better with the puck sending passes to like the middle of nowhere. Guys like Jordan Spence, who I think is, you know, really strong on that, move a puck and just accidentally ice the whole thing. So there, there was just, in addition to the rain kind of coming out flat, there were some of those like physical challenges as well. Obviously, Bakersfield wants to win this game to, you know, increase their role in the standings. Uh, but it, it took a while for the rain to really get into this one. Uh, the second period, rain did get on the board. None other than Leas Anderson uh, scored on the power play. And again, just a real sick goal. This was another one where he it basically has his back to the goalie, shoots the puck between his legs uh, and manages to score. It's one of those moves that you're like, okay, well, I'm glad you can pull this off here. You're not going to pull it off in the NHL. I'd love to see him pull it off in the NHL. Anderson, if you didn't know, uh, has been with the rain on a conditioning assignment. In four games with the rain, he had six goals. Uh, which is pretty good. He, obviously coming back off of a longer injury stint, uh, hasn't really performed well with the Kings this season, has been in and out of the lineup with injuries, uh, and you know, often a healthy scratch when he wasn't. Uh, and so seeing him play hard, he was one of the most noticeable players for the rain in this game. Uh, very motivated, very much all over the ice, trying to make things happen, even when things didn't particularly look good. For the rain, he at least was, you know, trying real hard. Uh, and so really glad to see a strong performance from him. Uh, the Kings actually called him back up today from his conditioning assignment with the rain. He will obviously miss out on the rain's game. Uh, he, he would have been eligible for one more game. Uh, conditioning assignments are usually five games with the option to uh, extend if needed. Uh, but they decided that they uh, had seen enough from Leah Anderson and had deemed him ready to go. Uh, and so he, I'm going to go ahead and guess, might be drawing in to the Kings game on Thursday against the Sharks. So calling him up now gives the Kings the ability to get him more integrated and rotated into practice to see where he's going to fit on lines 
Uh, so I would expect maybe to see him draw in, maybe on that fourth line, especially given that Brendan Lemieux is out. Uh, we could put him in that spot as well. But uh, great, great performances from Leas Anderson. He's been huge for that team uh, in just the brief amount of time he's been down with the rain. Uh, so he gets the rain on the board in the second period, uh, and, and we play on. Third period, uh, the rain finally wake up. The, the score count or the shot count doesn't necessarily look like it, Bakersfield outshot the rain. Uh, a lot of those shots came in a very big flurry at the end of the game, but 12 to 7 in that third period in favor of Bakersfield. Uh, but the rain were the ones who came away with the goals. Martin Furk on the power play. Uh, we know what Martin Furk can do with the puck. We know uh, exactly how hard he hits that puck. Uh, he had one opportunity that went wide. Uh, the power play cycled the puck back over to him. Jordan and Spence and TJ Tynan both with the assists on that. Uh, they get the puck back to Furk, and the second time he does not miss. Uh, and then before the goal had even been announced, uh, Martin Furk scored at 5.06 in the third period. Literally next shift, Samuel Fugimo scored unassisted 5.27, uh, giving the, the rain ultimately their game-winning goal. They did have to, you know, endure some hardship later in the game. Uh, TJ Tynan took a penalty in the last minute of play, uh, a holding penalty that he was, you know, vehemently protesting. Uh, but uh, the 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 rain stood tall. Matt Vilalta was fantastic. Uh, Austin Strand, who we talked to after the game, also had a really strong uh, performance in that penalty kill, uh, blocked a big shot, and was really instrumental in uh, helping preserve that rain lead. So it was really great to see the rain uh, put in a performance where they grinded out a win. I think later in the week, I, I had the opportunity to talk to, we talked with Austin Strand, we talked with Matt Vilalta, uh, and talked with Chris Height, who is the assistant coach for the Reign, uh, but filling in uh, with main head coaching duties as John Robleski is still out uh, away from the team on a personal leave. Uh, but we talked with Chris Height also after the game, and I talked with him a little bit about, you know, how this team responds and how this team grinds out a win when they know they're not playing their best, uh, how they still manage to to kind of get over that hump. And I have some audio from that that uh, I'm going to play for you guys later this week uh, just to get get an insight as to what's going on with the rain. And we're actually going to have some more cool rain content uh, that I'll sneak preview for you later this week as well. Uh, but it was great to see the Rain, who are, as we've talked about a lot on here, a team that basically outscores their problems. Uh, they have a lot of very high-scoring games, uh, and seeing the Rain win a game that maybe they shouldn't have won, uh, see them pull out a win even when they have what Todd McClellan would call their B game, uh, was really good because you know you're, you you think about playoffs because they're coming the rain barring some sort of catastrophic collapse are going to be in the playoffs and things get a lot tighter in the playoffs you 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 don't necessarily see well it's the AHL things always get weird there but you don't necessarily see the like 7 to 5 wins uh, you see a lot more of 2 to 1 3 to 4 game like one goal games and seeing the rain be able to play that grinding game to say okay we just have to gut this one out until it's done. Uh, really bodes well for the future to see that they can play that style of game as well. So great look from the rain. I'm in on I'm in Ontario and California, uh, LA all this week. So I'll also be checking out the rain uh, tomorrow night as they play the Barracuda. Uh, so we'll be uh, checking in on that game as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings, where I'll be tweeting the games, uh, and we'll talk about the rain throughout this week uh, as well. 
So finishing up the show, we're actually talking a little bit more with Jay Fosh from Lockdown Blue Jackets slash friend of the show slash Ontario Rain coverage slash whatever. Uh, we, we got a little bit in our feelings uh, the other day when we talked uh, and had a little bit more rain content for you guys. So we're going to talk about that uh, with Jay just after this. But first, rockauto.com is back. It is great. It is a wonderful place for you to go if you need car parts. There is, of course, an enormous number of different types of cars, makes, models, varieties, whatever. Uh, And so local car chain stores, auto parts stores, whatever, aren't always going to have all the parts that you need. And so half the time you're going to go in person, it's going to be a really frustrating experience. And then they're just going to order the part online anyway. They might even ship it to your house for you. And so why endure all that? Just stay home. You don't even put on pants. You can go to rockauto.com and Find whatever it is that you need for your car, your truck. You're going to save time and you're going to save money with the super low prices on rockauto.com. Prices are always reliably low for every customer, no matter who you are. And you could find anything you could ever possibly need for your car on rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. You can write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, like I said, we're going to finish out some conversation that I had with Jay uh, from Locked On Blue Jackets slash Field Pass Hockey as we uh, talk a little bit more about the rain uh, and some of the players who have been uh, making some waves down there. So let's check it out. You mentioned a couple of names down there. Uh, Martin Furk, who really again, should be in the NHL. Um, I, I know that some of the concerns about his, like, foot speed, whatever, I don't care. I'm not comparing Martin Furk to, like, Alex Ovechkin, like, they're not the same player. But, like, Ovechkin isn't exactly, like, the speediest guy out there, but he scores goals. Like, I don't care if you're slow. Like, do you put a puck in the net? Yes, no. Like, this team is not dead last in scoring or, like, I feel like when you see the fancy stats of like goals scored below expected or whatever, like then the Kings are like, we should be scoring way more than we should or than we are. And they don't. Um, but yeah, we have Martin Ferg down there. There's TJ Tynan down there. Gabe Bellardi absolutely has been tearing it up with the rain. Uh, and then also down there on his conditioning assignment on his way back from like his 14th injury of the season is Leah Sanderson. What have you seen from him lately? Uh, the rain have been kind of back on top. They've won uh, three straight, uh, two against Henderson, one against Tucson. Uh, so just starting this month, they're on a, already on a win streak. And Leah Sanderson has been a big part of that. So what's what's he looking like coming off of a very extended absence? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I forgot he existed <laughs> until he suddenly started scoring this weekend. And I was like, oh, hey, hey that you. guy. Uh, yeah, he's looked... He's looked like a guy that has very, very fresh legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's looked like a guy that is extremely over the concept of the AHL. By the way, TJ Tynan is now the owner of first overall in the AHL in terms of scoring. Oh, what He has overtaken happen? Andrew Podorowski of Chicago. He has 70 oh, points in 42 games. Would you like to guess that's... how many goals TJ Tynan has? All of them. Mm-hmm. He has 11. Huh? Oh, so 59 assists. Oh my God. That's, that's ridiculous. I think he was he, I think I should know this because it was when I covered the team. Um, when he was with the Wolves, he was 
He led the league. He led the league in something. And I can't remember if it was points or if it was just assists. But I, I, I wish any team would give him an extended look in the NHL. Like he really has never gotten one. And like I know he's smaller. Um, I, I've met him. I've looked him eye to eye. I haven't really had to look up uh, to do that. That's you know tells me a lot. I'm five four and a half. Uh, I'm very proud of that half. Okay, the half uh, is important. It's very important. Uh, you know he's he's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy, but he certainly is like has like the energy, has the hashtag grit. Uh, I've seen him go up against much bigger guys. Sure, defense, maybe not his strongest point, but he like played. I've seen him like play on the penalty kill. It's not like he can't do a defense. Uh, it'd be really like I, I wish somewhere would give him a chance. And, you know, obviously his career has been, uh, you know, he played in uh, Columbus's system for a while. He was with uh, Chicago slash Vegas. Uh, he was with Colorado. So he keeps playing in systems that don't really have the gaps in the NHL to really have the time to give him an extended look but like super nice guy great attitude uh i feel like a lot of times when you see guys who are career ahlers you know sometimes it's skill level and sometimes it's just you have a bad attitude uh, and i've never gotten that sense from him but i 70 i can't believe he has 70 points i mean i can because i i know him as a player like i believe it but that is absurd <laughs> Yeah, it's bonkers. His previous career high was the was with uh, Chicago, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 71 points in 70 games. In 71 games, excuse me. And they're still 2018, 19. That was his last season with Chicago. Yeah. And so he's already, he is one point away from that in 42 games. So in 30 games fewer. That's like, bonkers. It's so frustrating because you're right. I do feel like he could become a regular NHL on a team like Buffalo, for example, mm-hmm. which has none scoring that's mm-hmm. not Alex Tuck or Tage Thompson, mm-hmm. or I mm-hmm. guess Jeff Skinner has remembered how to score goals now, yeah, um, which Whatever. I guess, um, or Arizona, which has like, do they have any good players? <laughs> well, Nick Schmaltz just got seven points in one game. Okay, that's fair. Um, but sorry, that's to, kind sorry of... to Nick Schmaltz. Um, yeah, right, that's kind of it. But like on a on a on an in an NHL organization that needs guys that know how to put points on the board, like TJ Tynan absolutely is an NHL player. And it is frustrating, like you said, that he hasn't really had a chance. Like he played in Columbus, uh he was with Columbus from 2013 to 2017. So when they were bad, but also when they were extremely badly coached. Which is frustrating because, again, he was part of that Lake Erie team that mm-hmm. won the Calder Cup. He was a big part of that. He had uh, 46 points in 76 games, so not as impressive as, you know, when he was with Chicago or Colorado. But he's been a point-of-game player in the AHL since 2018 and drives me up the wall that, for whatever reason, he can't seem to get a look and yeah I get that the the skill is not necessarily transferable like we've seen guys dominate in the AHL and then go up to the NHL and they just can't make it work but at this point what are you losing by and especially if if Arvidsson's going to be out for a while you cannot possibly like Todd Todd McClellan come to my house and explain to me (laughs) that you think that Dustin Brown 
is an upgrade over a guy like TJ Tynan, who is several years younger. Is And you're talking about, yeah, he's not the fastest guy in the world. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Make them race. I would put money on, I would go to betonline.net and I would put money on TJ Tynan beating Dustin Brown in basically every category except maybe big stupid hits and big. Like, <laughs> it's so frustrating. And I can imagine it's frustrating for him as well. Mm-hmm. But like watching from the outside and especially someone who's, what as a person who's watched, I would say conservatively, 75% of the rain games this season, mm-hmm. he's been phenomenal for them Mm -hmm. and i don't understand why the kings are not pulling from this pool of players and that's not even getting into you know mindferg who is leading the team in scoring by Mm -hmm. a million put him on but then the kings are terrible on the power play put him on the power play even if you only play him right on the power play play. just stand in the ovechkin spot and just fire his 106 mile an hour shot or his 109 mile an hour shot like I don't understand how that's a downgrade to Dustin Brown, who, right. in fairness, has had a couple of pretty decent games, but is also the wrong side of 30. He might be the wrong side of 35. I think so, yeah. You know, he's clearly not the player he was a couple of seasons ago. He's not the player he was when he was the captain of this team. And it's just... Again, like I, I hesitate to use the word gaslit because I feel like I don't want to trivialize what's a very serious problem in in like the world at large. But I feel like I'm being gaslit about Dustin Brown versus literally any other Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. So like the, the Kings obviously have this game on Monday in Boston. Uh, so they have to make do with whatever they have on their roster right now. But they come home this week uh, they play against the Sharks at home. It's a home and home against San Jose. Uh, then they, they, I mean, they essentially have a very long stretch where they're either at home or there's one away game against Vegas. So it's like basically, a, you know, if this, if this was the AHL, it'd be a bus trip. So they have the time right now. So it's basically from the 10th to the 28th, like the whole rest of the month, they are essentially at home or nearby. Uh, so if, if there's, if they're going to, experiment with calling up anyone or kind of bounce guys back and forth between the AHL and the NHL like this is the time to do it because they're literally down the hallway right so, and like it's San Jose as well you could yeah. play you could probably put the rain yes. against San oh, Jose yes. and still win yeah San Jose has no goalie right now so because James yeah, Ryan they have killed Aiden James Hill is hurt. yeah Aiden they have Hill murdered him in cold blood um, so they literally had to trade for Alex Stalock for future considerations. They got him for zero things uh, just to have a goalie. So yes, you literally could bring up the Ontario Reign, I think, and still beat the Sharks. And it would still, yeah, it would be at least a competitive game. Yes, yes. So I think I've done ranting about Dustin Brown now. It was much more ranting about Dustin Brown and much less talk about the Ontario Reign. That's Um, fine. We talked about Leah Sanderson. That's really what I wanted to to get at. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I would, I would be surprised if, and yeah, like we didn't even get to talk about Leo Sanderson much. Like how is he a downgrade over Dustin Brown? I get that there's the criticism about his attitude and blah, blah, blah. You know, people can't get over the silver medal into the crowds from Mm -hmm. like half a decade ago at Mm -hmm. this point, but he's clearly a good player. He's clearly something has clicked 
in right. his game that wasn't right. clicking right previous. and like if my choice is because i know like people are like oh where were you going to put leah sanderson whenever his conditioning stint is over and you get to you have to bring him back up because if they want to keep him in the rain he has to pass through waivers and there would be a chance that you know buffalo or something could take him which would be really funny honestly um but you know so before it's like okay you're looking at leah sanderson and then the other guy who's been kind of in and out has been andreas athanasiu and so i'm like okay if the choice is between leah sanderson and athanasiu i'm picking athanasiu like i i want him in the lineup but arvidson being out and another roster spot opening up is like a whole other dimension and yeah like you gave up a draft pick for him like just see what he has just you know and i know the beginning of his season wasn't good but he's also been hurt like all of the time i wouldn't be surprised like when he was playing that he wasn't healthy anyway so why not yeah and especially against teams like san jose um right let me pull up the king's schedule for the next yeah it's it's i mean it's 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 not it's not hot lately after this because it's it's two games they go san jose san jose and then there's a home stretch against the panthers the avalanche those are going to suck the sharks they go to vegas and then nashville chicago and then seattle twice like yeah so you have three games against san jose you have a game against chicago and two mm -hmm. games against seattle like those are the games in my opinion you call guys up and be like, mm -hmm. hey, you're playing against a bad team. Let's see what you right. can do. Yeah. You know, I'm not suggesting yeah. that we should throw Leah Sanderson to the Wolves or, you know, the Panthers, as it were. But that's a solid 50% of the rest of this month are games that you can mm -hmm. play what you would win. consider to be your fringe guys and yeah. arguably should. Those are not games in which you're like, well... We're going to play Dustin Brown because he's here and uh, respect or whatever. Those are the games you should be getting your fringe players, your young guys and saying, hey, this is like a, a training wheels game mm -hmm. or playing against real teams. Let's see what yeah. you got. Have fun. I love it. Well, we'll see. I'm very excited to gripe throughout the rest of this week and then on next week's edition of mini kings monday over <laughs> oh i'm whatever, sure i will have yet more to yell about yeah. whatever horrible decision the kings make we'll talk all about it but that is it for us today here on the show uh looking at the kings so thank you all so much for listening thank you jay as always for joining the program to talk about this ridiculous organization uh for anyone who wants to hear more from you see your stuff online read your coverage about the rain where can they find you uh, yes, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. -E you can find all of my coverage of the rain over at FPH Rain. You can find the written work that I do at fieldpasshockey.com. And if you care about the Blue Jackets, which, again, I cannot recommend in good conscience, but if you would like to learn what it's like to be sad in a group, uh, Locked On Blue Jackets is over at LO underscore Blue Jackets, and you can also find it wherever you get Locked On LA Kings. All right. And for me, you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On LA Kings, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on the YouTubes. And uh, make sure you're following. Come back uh, every day this week for more Kings news and uh, keep up with what is happening with this team. All of that and more on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.